Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 195 of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse, and I'm back for a second episode this week, and I'm so excited to share this interview with you. So I first met Devin Fiddler, who was the guest on this episode. Uh, back in the fall, she was uh, on a panel discussion at the QuickBooks Connect uh, conference, and I just found her so inspiring. Not only is she a young female entrepreneur, but she is also a young female Aboriginal entrepreneur. And uh, I want to make sure that the people that I have on my show come from a diverse range of backgrounds because they have, you know, everyone has a different story, a different experience. And I think, you know, we can all learn so much from people in different situations. And uh, Devin is that person that I'm so excited to have on the show because she has an amazing story. And I I think her brand is quite honestly so inspiring. It's called She Native Goods. I love everything that she does. Um, and we get more into specifically what she does. But to get a little bit more about who Devin is, which we, we talk a little bit about on the show, but here's a little mini bio for you. So uh, Devin Fiddler, she's a Cree woman of Water Hen Lake First Nation, Saskatchewan. Uh, but she has a BA in Aboriginal Public Administration from the University of Saskatchewan. And she completed numerous leadership, entrepreneurship, and business certificate programs as well. Devin is the chief changemaker of She Native, a lifestyle brand that elevates Indigenous women. And she's received numerous awards for her work, such as the 2015 CBC Future 40 Under 40 designation, 2015 Startup Canada Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award, the 2016 YWCA Women of Distinction Award Under 29 category, and is a top five CEO venture of 2016. So uh, I can't wait to... Uh, you know, share this interview with uh, her right now. But before I do, just a few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Momony Podcast is sponsored by the Scotia Momentum Visa Infinite Card. What kind of cashback are you getting with your credit cards? Not sure? Let's review and see if you could be earning more. The Scotia Momentum Visa Infinite Card is offering new cardholders 10% cashback on everyday purchases for the first three months up to $2,000 in total purchases, plus the annual fee waived for the first year. That's a value of up to $299 in your first year. After the first three months, you'll earn 4% cash back on gas and groceries, 2% cash back on drugstore purchases and recurring bill payments, and 1% cash back on everything else you spend on your card. This is why this card received Money Sense's Best Cashback Card with Fees Award for two years in a row. Want to learn more about the Scotia Momentum Visa Infinite Card and this limited time offer? This offer expires April 30th, 2019. Just visit jessicamorehouse.com slash Scotia or visit the show notes for this episode. Once again, that's jessicamorehouse.com slash Scotia or check out the show notes for this episode. Uh, welcome, Devin, to the show. I'm so excited to have you. I uh, really, really enjoyed your um, kind of panel discussion you did at the QuickBooks Connect conference. So I nabbed you right away after. I'm like, I want you on my show. So thanks so much for agreeing to be on my show. <laughs> for sure. I'm really happy to be on your show as well. Um, this is really exciting to uh, be able to bring the voice of a female Indigenous entrepreneur. <laughs> Yeah. And like, there, like, I, I could just be like out of the loop, but I feel like there aren't a many of you out there in the world right now. Yeah. I think there's quite a few of us, but you have to look extra hard to find them. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> And yeah, yeah. you kind of have to know somebody to kind of connect to the next person. And 
Um, so we are a growing population of female Indigenous entrepreneurs, and there's a lot more up and coming and inspired aspiring entrepreneurs coming out I think amazing why do you think that is that it's becoming more popular or more you know more people in your community are becoming entrepreneurs I think because we are seeing more um role models and once we see one person doing it then we get inspired and we build off of that Mm -hmm. so and we connect um as a community Mm-hmm. So the Native Women's Association of Canada has a conference every year called the Aboriginal Women's Business Entrepreneurship Network. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so every year um, they bring together about 50 to 100 female Indigenous entrepreneurs. And wow. it's a really great place to like feel connected and um, be able to connect to other women who are going through a lot of the same issues. So um, there's a big difference too, between what an indigenous woman faces on a regular basis compared to um, a non-indigenous person, I guess, or a non-indigenous woman. So we have very unique challenges that a lot of people don't, understand or cannot relate to so it's really great to be able to be around other women who are going through the same things um, who are dealing with um, deep social issues that and they understand it so you don't even have to explain it so you just you just get it they get you (laughs) yeah so what are some of those struggles because obviously I'm not indigenous so I the only kind of I feel like struggles that I've faced in my life is just being a woman. So on top of that, you know, being indigenous, what are some of those kind of specific and, um, you know, struggles that, you know, people like me probably may have never encountered or may just not know and not be aware of? Yeah. So there's many issues Mm -hmm. that we face. So anything from, um, having experienced, uh, sexual or physical abuse as Mm -hmm. a child or um, in in teenage years, um, it's so common that a lot of the women that I talk to have experienced some, some form of sexual or physical abuse. Right. And it's just pretty sad to see how common it, it Mm -hmm. actually is within the indigenous community. It's almost like, I don't know anybody who in my circle who hasn't experienced some form. It's pretty crazy how it's like an epidemic almost um also the missing and murdered indigenous women in canada so it seems like somebody like i've known somebody or i've always i'm connected to somebody who knows somebody that has gone missing wow um and it's just we're kind of like, it feels like the Indigenous community is almost related in a way, Mm -hmm. Um, where when we hear of somebody going missing or murdered, somehow we're able to like connect to that person because we know somebody, we know the family of that person or that, or they are a direct family member. Um, so 
actually a couple of years ago, my uncle's girlfriend had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a situation where I think it was not, it wasn't really taken seriously um, mm-hmm. the way that she passed and the way things rolled out, like it wasn't investigated properly. And they, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really know what happened there, but it happens a lot. Um, also, um, so I experienced family violence and I've experienced um childhood traumas as well and so all of those are just so common in the Indigenous community and so even recently um, not too long after I started my business my dad was incarcerated for um, a charge that we we don't know if he's even guilty for it or not because he's an alcoholic and he doesn't know what happened Mm. so you know Things like that happen all the time. And it seems like we all know somebody who's been incarcerated or um, is affected by all the social problems and social issues that are out there in our communities. And so I want to be able to provide a platform of inspiration for Indigenous women to be able to go out and find their own way and take control of their lives so that their past doesn't affect them or doesn't define who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my, my goal. So to be able to break through these barriers that, and all of the issues that are out there because everybody's facing some sort of issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, some some are worse, but I want to be able to show women that we can break through those issues and through those barriers and break the cycle. Yeah, that sounds like, yeah, just like hearing that list that you just, I'm like, that's incredible for, you know, to experience one, if not more than one of those, um, you know, experiences or struggles and to then find the the motivation and the you know inspiration to be like no I'm not going to let that define me or my future. That sounds like so. What what sparked you to to you know instead of because I feel like you know in in my family there's definitely um you know there's definitely some a past there's been um, some abuse not my direct family but um uh you know my uh some other family members and so I, I'm familiar with it, not directly affected by it, but I still know how it can impact a life and you can make a choice whether is this going to break me or is this going to um, make me um, stronger and I'm going to move past it. So what was it for you that helped you be like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to use this negative and turn it into a positive and help other people find more positivity and, and life and, you know, their future. I think for me, it wasn't just one aha moment. It was more of like a series of things that happened in my life that I just like, no, I'm, I don't want this for my life. Um, this is not going to define me. So before my previous relationship with my spouse now, I've been in bad relationships where I was involved with a guy who was in a gang and it was like, who would have 
thought that I would be involved in that Mm -hmm. sort of relationship. And it got, it got kind of physically abusive for a bit and mentally abusive. So I was in bad relationships and I decided, okay, no, I, this isn't the life that I want. This isn't what I, what I decided to do. So I slowly created a strategy for myself to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And I started to surround myself with other people. So I was in university at the time Mm. and I was probably almost going to be failing out of university because I was so affected by um, this person in my life at the time. And then I've decided, okay, no, this, he's gone to jail. So he went to jail. (laughs) And I decided it's time to move on. Um, I need to find a new circle of friends and I completely changed my circle Mm -hmm. and I started surrounding myself with people who inspired me. So mm-hmm. I made those friends, um, role models in our, in our university and in our community that I looked up to and I became their friends. And then I started to be involved as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I became the, um, involved in the indigenous students council at the university and, from there, things kind of just slowly started changing my mindset and my whole inner circle was different. Mm-hmm. And just from there, like I kind of started building my own, my professional profile, I guess. Yeah. And I got my first job as a business development officer. I did that for three years. And then I did some community work for my first nation for about six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and then I just decided I I want to get into entrepreneurship because my job was helping entrepreneurs. So oh. that's kind of what like drove me in that direction. Yeah. Um, because I had a political science degree, political studies. <laughs> Halfway through, I learned that I don't even like politics. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like like, everyone I've ever talked to about their degree and like has nothing to do with what they currently do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like some of it like was a little bit helpful. I learned a lot about um, the social issues within our communities because there was a lot of Indigenous courses that we took, um, Indigenous knowledge, uh, Native studies. Um, I took a couple of commerce classes, economics. Um, Those were kind of all helpful in shaping what I do now. Um, I learned a little bit about civil politics, federal politics and provincial, but it wasn't really what I was interested in. And because I was halfway through and my education was already being paid for, I thought I have to just finish this degree and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Once I finished, I was able to get a job that um, kind of related to my degree a bit, but it was like a whole different direction Mm -hmm. than I thought I would be into. Like I thought I was going to um, be involved in community politics or something, but no, nope. (laughs) (laughs) So you bring up a really good point. I feel like it's something that a lot of people don't. I don't give it as much credence to, but if you want to change your life, you really do have to change the people you surround yourself with, which is easier said than done because especially if you've been with that group of friends or that community for a long time, it's very hard to 
you know, transition into a new <laughs> circle of friends or make new friends. And also when you're an adult, making new friends isn't as easy as it was when you're younger. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, I, I, I credit that to, obviously I've, I've kept some of my friends and everyone, but I did make some concerted choices to I'm like, I don't think these people are, you know, inspiring me or making me feel good about myself or uplifting me. And it's really important to not just choose friends because you've always had them, but to choose, you know, actually choose people, you know, not just, you know, well, I've always been with them, but it's like actively choose the people you want to be with. Cause I, I forgot that saying I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like, you are the average of your five best friends or something like that. It's something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. But it's just, it's, it's so important to make sure the people that you have in your life are uh, adding to your life, uh, life, uh, not uh, taking away from your life. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've actually gone through like several different circles of friends. So mm-hmm. I had my university friends where we did do like a lot of university partying, but like other than that, like they were academics or inspired yeah. me. Um, but then I had another shift in circles in my circle of friends when I became an entrepreneur because yeah. my current circle, my circle of friends at that time didn't really kind of understand um, entrepreneurship. So I started talking to other entrepreneurs then I became friends with them and, um, and it's always evolving. So I'm always looking to be inspired and looking to make friends with people that inspire me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like people who talk about others and, you know, um, yeah. so, and at this point in my life, I have two babies. So, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, a one-year-old and a two and a half or toddlers, I guess you could say. Yeah. So I don't actually have a lot of friends besides online. Um, yeah. I'll be honest, a lot of my friends are online too. Like I've yeah. got <laughs> some friends, but that's the kind of the glory of like social media and the internet. Like you can connect with people that don't necessarily like live in your, like I have friends that don't live in Toronto, like they're all over the world. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really cool because you can really make deep connections with these people that are so in line with what you're doing and what you want your life to look like, but they just don't live near you. And that's, it's a weird thing. I remember making my first or, um, when I was starting to get into like personal finance blogging, meeting my first like personal finance blogger friends in Vancouver and like having a real life meetup after talking online. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing. And that was like maybe back in like 2012 and now it's normal. Now I meet people online all the time, but yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) So being going to all these different conferences. Yeah. So I started going to um, things that connected indigenous youth entrepreneurs and indigenous youth leaders together and started to go to those things. Mm-hmm. And then I've created friends from um, different prov- provinces and mm-hmm. I still connect with all of those people today. Maybe not like every day, but every yeah. like maybe two, three times a year, but I would yeah. still call them pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like an everyday thing. Your friendships just kind of change as you get older. Totally. As life gets busy and as you're busy working on your business and yeah. you have to schedule in time for people these days. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I would love to know. So it, it sounds like I kind of understand the transition from like you did a poli sci degree and then you kind of, it seems almost like a natural transition to entrepreneurship, but. Um, what made you want to do like your specific business, which is like accessories and clothing? 
because you do not have a fashion background. <laughs> and I'm like, for me, I'm like, I've always dreamed of like, wouldn't it be cool? But I'm like, I don't know the first thing about that. So I'm not yeah. even going to make a t-shirt. That's not even going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So actually, um, growing up, it was a childhood dream. Mm. So, um, I remember when I was little, I would, um, sit and draw my own like little outfits and it was just illustration and um I was kind of like into Barbies and outfits Mm -hmm. and (laughs) things like that um and we didn't really have much growing up in our area so we had like Sears catalogs and I would see um my mom's Cosmo magazines and pretty much that was my understanding of fashion um but I think as I got older that kind of still stuck with me and I felt like I was missing the creative side of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was the analytical side and I'm actually a pretty creative person. And when I tap into my creativity, um, I get inspired and it, it, it kind of brings life back into me. Yeah. So when I started thinking about the whole concept of, okay, maybe I should start um, a clothing line. That would be fine. Okay. So where, what do I do? Okay. I, didn't, I didn't have any sewing experience or anything. So I sourced everything out from pattern making to even like, I tried to do some of my illustrations. Um, I tried at the beginning, I was going to do a clothing line, and then it evolved into, let's do handbags. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I hired everything out from the very beginning. All of the product development, I worked with a designer to do the technical specs and the illustrations. Um, and, and then I hired out a consultant to work with me. Mm-hmm. So her name is Sheena Repath. I'm not quite sure if she does it anymore. And, um, so she has a, a society called making shit happen and <laughs> oh my God. yeah, her business at the time was called ideal samples. Mm. Um, but she's, she loves product development and working with fashion companies. And, um, she was the one I actually credit her for introducing me to like all of the new things to try, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> So she introduced me to crowdfunding. She introduced me to um, sustainable fashion and doing things differently in a different way. So, and she really encouraged me. And it did take a really long time for me to get started because there was so much I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so it was a huge learning curve. And I'm still learning um, about like the fashion industry and, and like, knowing that I'm not actually doing everything perfectly in the industry, but I'm doing things in my own way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that's pretty cool to know. And I'm still trying to figure out how to do things in my business to like make it what it needs to be. Yeah. And I guess that's normal. You just like the yeah. first part, the hardest part is starting and then just continuing to evolve to make it better and better. Cause you, as you gain more knowledge, then you kind of figure out, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just evolved so much since I first started and I'm, 
the type of person who overanalyzes everything. So I'm going to look at every single piece and it's going to take me a long time before I take the first step and then I do it and then it, then I kill it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I learn from that. I learn from the mistakes and if I fall short, I, I keep going and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to fail sometimes. So I've had a made it, I've made tons of mistakes in my business and I'm sure a lot of other entrepreneurs can tell you the same. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what, what is your kind of bigger vision? Cause it, you didn't just create, you know, uh, a handbag line, um, with some t-shirts. You like, you have a vision, you have like kind of a bigger message that you want with your, um, brands. What is that? So the bigger mission for she native is to help elevate and empower Indigenous women and girls. So we want to be a source of inspiration and we want to be a source um, and a platform where Indigenous women are lifting each other and a source where we are working together instead of pulling each other down because what ends up happening in the Indigenous community is a lot of lateral violence sometimes. Um, And you see that on in like large indigenous organizations a lot. So we want to be a positive source of um, lifting each other up and promoting indigenous business. And we also want to help change the public's perceptions Mm -hmm. surrounding indigenous communities and indigenous women, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of negative stories and negative um, stereotypes of Indigenous people all over the media. So why not be a positive story for the media? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of my my big vision, my big goal. And sometimes I don't even know if I'm reaching the (laughs) big vision or goal. I think Um, you are because it's like I heard about you and, you know, I did a search on you before this episode and there's a lot of great like information about you and what you're doing. So I think you're making an impact. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) So. Yeah, and we so we want to be able to provide jobs for specifically for Indigenous women, and so whether that's creative jobs, um, working in our design and production or retail. Um, so yeah, we've done that over the years um, because we've yeah. pretty much been operating on pop up shops, online um, community events, and. Yeah, so we're mostly known in Saskatoon and, and Saskatchewan, but we do have, um, we're we're kind of known, I guess, in across Canada. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially online, with your online presence. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So what's your? So that's what you're doing now. What do you kind of? What's your kind of vision for the future? Is it just getting kind of more awareness about your brand throughout Canada? Yeah. So. I'm really trying to kind of figure out how we're going to grow and stay a sustainable brand. Um, So there's so much different ways that we can go about growing still. And we're kind of in a phase where we're assessing um, where we are now and where we want to go. So we're kind of in this whole strategic planning phase at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so like we've thought about franchising but okay before we franchise we're going to need to have like a sustainable 
um, retail space. So mm-hmm. we we've thought about outsourcing again the manufacturing because we did start it in house, but we actually need a lot more equipment in order to um, and work on our systems and our processes. So the whole manufacturing process because we cut all of our leathers by hand still we don't have the we don't have the machinery to be able to um cut large pieces at at a time we're literally cutting every single piece (laughs) and um so we also want to be able to make sure that our product is of quality Mm -hmm. and that's a little bit tough to do in our current um design space and studio because we are lacking a lot of the equipment to be able to do that and everything so precision with handbags is so important and Mm -hmm. it's so hard to do because one little stitch can ruin everything (laughs) it can Mm -hmm. ruin a whole product yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's definitely like, I, I can see like how difficult it can be to not only just like have the business you currently have, but then figure out how do we scale this? And is it yeah. realistic? Because right now what you're basically offering, which is amazing, is like, you know, premium handmade leather goods, which, you know, are amazing. But then to scale up, obviously you can't continue to do that. So you need to kind of figure out what do we do next? Yeah. So. Yeah. So- <laughs> Like, I think my vision was great to have like my own production facility, but I think, I think what we're best at Mm -hmm. is creating product, the creative side of things. So I think it's like the most important thing. It's like, if you don't have a good product, then the rest doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to focus more on the design and the product development side of things and then have um have a manufacturer that can um create or make our products on a larger scale so so how long have you been doing this as your main thing since 2014 (laughs) oh wow so it's been a while you got kind of like that five-year mark now so knowing what you know now what would you kind of tell yourself? Like, is there any advice or tips you would give your younger self if you could go back? Um, I think I would say keep your job until, (laughs) until you make, start making money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I I think the first couple of years were kind of hard because I wasn't able to pay myself what I was making before. Right. Um, So I think I, I would say, do a better transition into it um, and don't risk your family life to. Yeah. But how do you do that? Because it's like building my family. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the tricky thing I find when I do talk to entrepreneurs, it's, it's um, when you're putting all of your like energy and focus into growing your business, it's your kind of social life and your family life kind of goes to the wayside a little bit because you only have so much energy and time. How do you find that you, maybe you found a better balance now, but how, yeah, how do you find that kind of balance? (laughs) The first year, actually, I spent a lot of time on my computer, just researching and trying to figure things out. And, um, and at the time it was just Chad and and me. So Mm -hmm. me and my spouse and 
So he's been with me through this from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit tough, like from going to having a consistent income to no income at all and mm-hmm. like paying myself when I can and relying on him. Mm-hmm. And I think like I'll, that kind of sparked a little bit of um, challenges within our relationship too. Right. But we decided okay, we need to start a family. It's time. It doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of just, I've just recently started a business. Let's just do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we did it. And somehow we've always made it work. Um, but through those years too, I've also had very, my time is very limited. So mm-hmm. I've had to set stronger boundaries with people. I've had to um, plan my days a little bit better. And sometimes I still don't plan my days all that well. And sometimes you can't. (laughs) Sometimes a kid gets sick and you have to be home for three days and there's nothing you could do about it because usually it's it's the mother who is the one that ends up taking most yeah. of the childcare responsibilities. And I don't know, like some women are lucky to be able to have a spouse who can do a little bit more, but when you have a spouse who's working full time and doing physical labor, yeah. it's not, um, it's not yeah. realistic. So, so it's like, have a plan, but be flexible. <laughs> Cause that plan yeah. may just have, go out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I have um, the good, the beauty about, all of this is that I do have that freedom to change my plans if I want to. So there's nobody holding me back um, besides my spouse, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) and my kids to say that I cannot, that I, that I have to be in the office or that I have to be at the store or, you know, um, so I'm able to define my own schedule, which is, is what I love. And I don't think I would want to trade that in. I know me neither. (laughs) Really great. Once you get it, it's hard to like, you're like, this is amazing. I'd rather like, I was just telling my husband the other day, I'm like, I now kind of understand after, you know, working for myself full time for two years, why people there's that saying where it's like entrepreneurs would rather work an 80 hour week on their own to avoid 40 hours in like a cubicle. I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm working 12 hour days. And that means I don't have to go back to the cubicle. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like that. So I was working 12 hour days and, um, staying up till three in the morning to work on my business planner, to work on um, launching a website and just things like that I would work on. Um, But now that I have babies, I am limited to the time that they're in daycare. Um, Does that make you more efficient with your time? Do you find sometimes, sometimes yes. And sometimes no, sometimes it's like, Oh my God, I only have a couple hours to get this done. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. cause I'm not going to be able to do it at night. I tr- I'll try. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I try to do it and, but it doesn't really work because they need me at night. They yeah. I'm still uh, nursing and I've also made the decision to keep my weekends as family time to keep our family life in, in balance. Um, so that was a source of like my relationship stuff too. We, 
I wasn't giving enough time to my spouse and my family on the weekend. So I had to make that decision. Okay, my weekends are for family only. I'm sorry, I'm not doing anything on the weekends. And yeah, everything else can wait till Monday. Yeah, so exactly. Going back to is, that boundary, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like boundaries are so, so important. And being able to, yeah, really just say yes and say no when you need to, which is, again, so yeah. easy in theory, but hard to actually implement. But it's it's crucial to have that balance and not drive yourself crazy as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I've made peace with like not, if something doesn't get done, then it doesn't get done. And I've made peace with, okay, it might take a little bit longer, but I have a family to think about. I have two babies to think about. And so family comes first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Um, for sure. <laughs> before we go for, for um, you know, young women listening or just women listening in general, what would you like to share with them to kind of leave them off with uh, just a little bit of like inspiration that, you know, something that maybe helped you kind of get to where you are today? Um, well, there's like a lot of things I know, I know. we can talk um, for another hour, but I won't do that to you. <laughs> yeah. So balance is really important. So setting your boundaries and, and knowing what's the most important to you in your life mm-hmm. and what are the goals that you want to achieve. So knowing what your vision is and then knowing how you're going to get there. So break out all of the steps that <clears throat> the steps to be able to start working towards your goal mm-hmm. and be at peace with like knowing it's not going to be tomorrow or knowing it might not happen within a year, but be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think <clears throat> for too long, I was impatient with myself mm-hmm. <laughs> at the speed of thing, the way things were going. So um, I've started to be at more peace with where I am and um, being grateful for how far I have come. Yeah. Especially with balancing um, a relationship and, and family life and setting, set your priorities. Mm -hmm. So what are your priorities for me? It's family Mm -hmm. um, and business comes next. Yeah. No, I think that's so crucial because you can get very confused and lose direction very easily when you work for yourself. You're like, why am I even doing this? So it's like, you, if you always have those priorities in mind, but like, remember, I'm doing this so I can provide a better life for my family. And then next is for me to have, you know, self-fulfillment and then next and this and that. I always do that. Otherwise yeah. I would be like, why am I doing this? <laughs> Should I just get a job yeah. again? I forget. It's always good to have clarity with those priorities. Yeah, for sure. Um, so where can people find more information about you and she native? Um, so you can find my website at www.shenative.com. I'm also on Facebook at she native and I'm on Instagram and Twitter. She native goods. And I am going to be launching a new website Ooh. soon, um, a personal website. So oh. it's Devin Fiddler. I don't think we have the domain yet. (laughs) (laughs) So coming soon. soon. Um, We should have it up on my website, on the SheNative website, probably within the next month. Awesome. Well, look out for that. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. It was a pleasure.
And that was episode 195 with Devin Fiddler. You can learn more about her um, on Instagram and Twitter, but just go to shenative.com or follow shenativegoods on Instagram or Twitter for more information and to buy some of her amazing uh, bags and tops. Like, and just, I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan over here, obviously. That's why I like kind of went straight at her after her panel. We're like, will you please be on my show? Um, So if you want to learn more about what we talked about and just some, you know, I'll put some links so you can easily click, uh, you know, to learn more about Devon and She Native Goods. Uh, go to the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 195 for all of that. Uh, don't go away. Just want to sh- uh, share a few things with you. Just uh, first, got a few words I need to share about this episode's wonderful sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money podcast is sponsored by the Scotia Momentum Visa Infinite Card. Looking for your award-winning cashback card? the Scotia Momentum Visa Infinite Card might be just what you're looking for. For a limited time, you'll earn 10% cash back on everyday purchases in the first three months, up to $2,000 in total purchases. Plus, the annual fee will be waived for the first year. That's a value of up to $299. This offer expires April 30th. But wait, there is more, with great benefits like access to hotel room upgrades, best available rates, VIP guest status, and late checkout at over 900 luxury hotels around the world. Or gain access to the exclusive Visa Infinite Dining Series, which includes dining events with once-in-a-lifetime chef collaborations at the country's most highly anticipated new restaurants. You can even call up the Visa Infinite complimentary concierge to help make your life easier by taking care of almost any request, like dining reservations or building vacation itineraries. To learn more about the Scotia Momentum Visa Infinite card and see if it's right for you, visit jessicamorehouse.com slash scotia or visit the show notes for this episode. Once again, that's jessicamorehouse.com slash scotia or check out the show notes for this episode. Okay, reminder, I am doing a uh, event May 7th, uh, it's a Tuesday, um, with Erin Lowry in Toronto. She is the author of Broke Millennial, and she has a new book out called Broke Millennial Takes on Investing, and we're doing an event all about investing. So there's going to be a panel discussion, you're going to get a free copy of her book, and there are still a few tickets left. So check out the show notes for more info or go to jessicamorehouse.com slash level up to uh, grab your tickets before they are all gone. It is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. I cannot even freaking wait. And another reminder, I'm running a big book giveaway contest. If you go to the show notes or go to jessicamorales.com slash contest, you'll see all the different variety of books I'm giving away. They are all books that have been featured on this season of the podcast. So if you want a chance to win a free book, well, it's just a click away and then you'll be, uh, you know, getting yourself a free book. What's not to love? What is not to love? Um, that is really it for me for the minute. So I'm going to be back here next Wednesday with a fresh new episode. So thanks as always for listening. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, leave me an iTunes review if you wouldn't mind. It takes two seconds and I'll be back here next week. Hope to see you here too. And uh, on that note, have a good rest of your week. Good re- weekend. See you later. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.